Fine. It stretched on for miles. Ooh, miles. I could barely see the shop over the sea of people before. Ooh. What are you implying? Ooh. Look here. I have stopped to talk with people in the past, but to imply I did it once again, that I am a creature of habit, that I can never change my ways, that every single time I go... Ooh. No, I stop to smell the flowers, to admire the beauty of my surroundings, to take in what life has to offer and enjoy every All right, I played chess with Bertie. You happy now? I almost had her this time, so close. I swear she cheats. Oh, I am sorry for keeping you. It was incredibly rude of me. What about you? You should know better by now. I'm not going to apologize for me being me. How many times have I gone out, hmm? And how many times have I come back? All of them, of course all of them. No, how many times have I come back on time? None, exactly. So it's your own fault. Oh, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Now, where were we? Uh, let's see. Got my chair, have my tea, none for you. Fresh parchment, new violet ink, and my quill. Dip in the ink, put to paper, whenever you are ready. The ground started to rumble. The small pebbles started to shake. The rays of light casting through the cracks of the bridge were blotted out, one by one. Willa was now in a state of horror. He could not move. It took everything he had to get to this spot. This open, unprotected spot. His body, no matter how hard he tried, would go no further. Bits of old wood and other small debris fell through the cracks of the bridge. Some splashing in the water, others falling around him. He covered his head in his arms, and his arms in his wings. Oh, how he wished he was inside his home, safe from all this. All he wanted was a single scrap of food, a small bug, a simple bug. Apparently today, that was too much to ask. Carefully, he peeked out from under his arms and wings. A dark shadow covered his land. Light touched the fields to the south, but here, that light had forsaken him. He risked poking his head out a little further to survey the scene, his eyes slowly scanning every inch of his land, finding their way to the edge of the water, the babbling stream, up the pillar, the wooden roof, a young face, back down the pillar. Wait, up the pillar, a young face, the wooden roof, a young face. Attached to a cocked head, it had a mouth, a nose, ears, and eyes. Eyes that were fixed on him. The young face cocked its head again, this time in a great grin. 
the lump in Willa's throat turned out not to be his heart, but a scream. The face laughed, and from behind the bridge, it brought forth a massive hand attached to an even longer arm, scooping up our terrified friend. And when the horrible ride came to a halt, the scene was greatly changed from what it was under the bridge, with the biggest difference being the height. He had never been this high before. The great hand suddenly felt small in the awe of the awesome landscape. His head and what little movement he had in his body danced around in the palm of the youngling. He looked left to the forest, which before only showed him its canopy, now opened itself up to the grander view. Tall trees with ancient roots that swayed in the wind. The open field on his right sprawled on and on, endlessly stretching to the horizon and maybe past. He looked to the paths he could not see before, the ones blocked by the bridge. In one direction, there were huge structures, smoke billowing from towers on their roofs. Many people walked around them and through them. In the other direction, there was a wide path twisting and turning between the forest and hills disappearing over a ridge. Willa never knew how big the world was. Of course, he speculated from time to time, but he never dared to think this big. There was so much just beyond the cave. The sight was overwhelming, but in a way you would not think. Willa enjoyed it, embracing his racing heart. The handlers sat down, hanging their feet over the bridge, lowering Willa beside them. His body was still too weak to run away, but he felt he didn't have to. He couldn't explain it, but somehow he knew this being would not harm him. With that thought, he simply relaxed on the wooden floor, warming his scales in the afternoon sun. Right. He was hungry. Not like him to forget such things. The young ones seemed to have heard it as well, and looked down at Willow with a laugh. Reaching into one of their many pockets, they pulled out a round lump of bread. Oh, it looks tasty. They broke off a small piece and laid it in front of him, and without a moment to lose, he scarfed it down. It tasted heavenly. A crunchy top with a soft center, melting in his mouth. He perked his head, and when another piece was offered, he scarfed it down as well. This continued until his belly was full and face content. What a day. Much had happened in so little time. While his body was full, he was still exhausted. He wanted to sleep. He pushed himself up to the edge, looking down at his cave below. He could glide down, but as he spread his wings to do so, the hand plucked him up. This time, however, he was not lifted, but gently lowered just outside the entrance to his home. The hand waved as it left, and Willa mustered an awkward smile in reply. Then went inside, made sure he placed his treasure back in its spot, and fell asleep beside it. 
Over the following days, Willa and his new friend would meet every afternoon. They would bring food, and Willa would eat it. A fair trade in his mind. Growing more and more comfortable around them, he began showing off different things he could do. Hovering, gliding, small roars. They would cheer and clap at his performance with big smiles at anything he did. Soon, he was crawling all over them, finding different spots to hide and rest, their laughter spurring him on. At one point, Willa risked showing them the cave and the treasure within. Proudly puffing out his chest in a great manner and stamping the ground around before sitting beside the golden shiny with a beaming smile, one so big it made him close his eyes. He was met with a wave of praise and cheering from his friend. Willa was growing quite fond of this youngling, waiting for them every day just underneath the edge of the worn-down bridge, sporadically poking his head out in excitement from his hiding place. Whenever they approached, he felt a sort of flutter in his chest. His wings would flap uncontrollably and sometimes small snorting noises would come out from his mouth. Quite often, these actions would give away his hiding place. But one day when they appeared, there seemed to be something wrong. The joy they would usually bring with them was not there. Their quick step was slowed and their infectious smile gone. They simply arrived and sat on the edge of the bridge. Willa had no clue what to do. Scurrying out from his hiding spot, he approached, carefully. This was a side he had not seen before, and it upset him. Not angry, mind you. It was a completely new feeling, as if someone or something was pulling on his heart, and it hurt. He did not like this side. Where was the laughter, the excitement? must be lost, but not to worry. He would find it for them. Clambering up their arm, he nuzzled in beside their ear. This spot was good for a laugh or chuckle. No. Nothing. He climbed atop their head, spread his wings, and glided down to land on their lap. He threw in a small backflip for good measure. This was sure to get a smile. Nothing. The ideas were not working. The feeling in his heart was pushing him to the brink of madness. He wanted to help, but he didn't know how. He slumped his shoulders and with a deep sigh lay down, his head resting on their knee. His friend was not watching. They were staring into the stream below, sniffling quietly as great wells of water formed in their eyes. Willow wanted desperately to draw their attention away for but a moment. Eventually, he caught it, and those watery eyes met his. He took the chance to give them a small smile, packing it with as much love and kindness as he could. He didn't know if smiles worked like that, but he could hope. The youngling did not look away, and soon a small crack of a grin formed, starting at the corners of their mouth. Mind you, 
It wasn't a full-of-energy smile like Willa had grown accustomed to. No, it was a small smile, and Willa had made it happen. For the rest of the time, they sat there in peace. Two friends sitting on a walking bridge. Soon, a voice called from the structures, which made his friend begin wiping the tears from their eyes. They picked up Willa with both hands and held him tightly against their chest, so tight that he could hear their heart beating and felt their bodies shaking. If a smile could be packed with love and kindness, it would stand to reason that a hug could be filled with sadness and fear. Willa tried to fight back, sending all he could the other way. He did not know what was going on, but his friend was scared, and that was enough. The grip lessened, and soon he was alone on the bridge watching them leave, a pang in his chest, filling him with a nervous, sorrowful feeling. That night, Willa tossed and turned in his sleep, not a wink being kept for himself. The feelings of the day replaying over and over again within his tiny frame. So much so that he shot up in a huff, stomping around his moody cave. Ah yes, that's the ticket. What an idea! He would look at his treasure. It always brought him such delight. There it was, his golden shiny. Yes, the shiniest of gold, the utmost. Oh, why isn't this working? It was just resting there, doing nothing. And at night, in the back of his dark chambers, he could neither tell if it was shiny nor gold. His chest did not flitter, his wings did not dance. Why? Maybe... It was his friend. Maybe he was too worried about them to enjoy his own treasures, for it did bring him great happiness at one point, filled him to the brim with glee, brought him happiness, filled him with glee. That's it. So happy with this thought, he did a little dance on the spot. He would give his treasure to his friend, and by doing so, it would fill them with all the things they are missing now. How could it not? Well, there is no time like the present. Clamping down on the shiny, he began the long process of dragging it from his cave. That proved to be the easiest part. He forgot about climbing up to the bridge and then the preceding path. The path which would be long, but straight. The hill to the top of the bridge would be hard indeed, but Willa had a determination in him. He wanted to see his friend, to make sure they were okay. One foot after the other, he moved forward. A snail would pass him at this rate. His jaw was shaking under the constant strain of biting down. The treasure banged against his feet or some other part of his body in the awkward ascent. His claws had to dig deep into the earth. His breath was labored when he reached the summit, his little chest trying to take in what air he could. The shiny 
did not make that easy. Eyes wide and limbs tired, he looked down the path. The moon cast its glow upon the dark world. Willow was never scared or nervous of the dark. Dragons, as you know, have excellent vision at night. And while he might be small, the confidence of a fully-fledged fire drake lived in him. Most of the time. His claws dug into the soft wood of the bridge, and with a certain resolve, he set off on his next long path. It proved to be easier than the climb, but Willa could not escape the feeling that he was being watched. His head could not easily move from side to side, so he would have to trust his eyes, straining them to glance to the left and right. No, there was nothing. Maybe there was something. Willa did not stop moving, his eyes now darting in every direction. Left, right, up, down. What was following him? Was there more than one? Oh dear. With eyes wide, he picked up his pace and was now cantering down the path. He's a big, brave dragon. A big, brave dragon! The golden shiny slammed down upon his foot, tripping him up and planting his face firmly in the ground. And in that moment, the exhaustion he had been holding back washed over him like waves on sand. He had to keep going. His friend needed him, but he couldn't move. Is this the end? He was so close. The structures were just ahead. Whatever was coming was going to surely finish him off. A small dragon like him? What was he thinking? He couldn't bear to look. He pinched his eyes shut, his body trembling, claws clutching the golden treasure meant for his friend. He was so close. Ribbit. Ribbit? Willa squinted a look. Crouching in front of him was Madam Frog, not some terrifying monster, just his neighbor. A most joyful sight. Frog moved in, setting herself beside Willa, allowing her to be used as a crutch of sorts. Willa leaned onto her back and with great effort stood up. Once he was stable, he reached for the treasure on the ground, but he could not grab it. His foot would not support the weight. Without a moment's thought, Madam Frog hopped over and picked it up in her mouth. Willa, who normally would take this as a sign of stealing or aggression, did not. He saw the act for what it was. She waited patiently for Willa to take his first steps. The injury compelled him to move slow. Frog watched as Willa limped forward, holding out a few paces before hopping to close the gap. After what seemed like a walk to the end of the world, they made it to the structures. Willa tried to remember which one his friend resided in. He saw them enter before, but that was during the day. At night, the world looked different. Think, Willa, think. The structures all looked the same. And from his point of view, they were all massive, enormous, gargantuan in size. Think. There it was. On one of the doors. A flower. His friend had been holding one just like it on one of their visits. 
He pointed it out to Madam Frog, who in a couple of hops was waiting at the base of the structure, underneath a large window. Willa hobbled his way over. When they both stood below, Frog spat the shiny out of her mouth and began wiping it on the grass, cleaning off the spittle. With her nose, she nudged it to Willa's feet. With great effort, he bent over and secured it in his mouth. Looking up at the climb ahead, he was filled with dread. There was no way he could do it with his foot being the way it was. Maybe he could fly, but there the treasure was too heavy to really lift off the ground from a standing position. But if he wasn't standing and already had speed behind him, he should be able to make it. With an idea brewing in his head, he looked over to Madam Frog. Willow was now on Frog's back, his wings extended and eyes locked on target. The treasure tightly secured, his body was in the pounce position, the same as when he hunted. Underneath him, Frog was coiled like a spring, building up energy for an upward leap. The idea was that at the top of Frog's jump, Willow would vault off and use the speed from both to allow his wings to carry him up the ledge. Both ready, Willa counted down. The first attempt did not work. Their timing was off. Willa jumped too early, pushing Frog down before she was ready. But they got up and tried again. The second attempt was better, but failed as well. But the third attempt, the third attempt was getting closer. By the sixth, they had it down. And on the seventh, these two battered and bruised little creatures pulled it off. Their form was perfect, and Willa shot up right to the ledge, his wings gliding down for a soft landing. Frog could barely contain herself. She hopped and bopped all around the ground. Willa was furiously waving at her with such glee that he almost slipped off the ledge. It was at that moment that they realized what they were there for and were back on track. Willa peered through the window. The inside of the structure was extensive, bathed in a warm light from candles and the fire in the corner, suggesting the feeling of a soft and cozy place. Plants littered the scene, plants high up, plants down low. Everywhere you looked there was a plant. But there were just as many chests, boxes, and bags, all stacked around the environment. Other than the candles, plants, and a few pieces of furniture, it was all packed away and quite empty. As he was peeking around, he noticed a figure by the fire, sitting on a lone seat. He couldn't tell if that was his friend, but there was only one way he could think of to check. Nothing. He tried again. Ah, that grabbed their attention. Oh, it was his friend, thankfully. He did not know how long he could keep that up. They cautiously approached the window, and with some effort slid it up. And before Willa could get out a sound, he was scooped up and hugged ever so tightly. The treasure slipped from his mouth in the sudden movement, resting on the window's ledge. After his long journey, Willa could not think of anything he wanted more. His body was sore, hurt, and weary, 
But this moment right here is the one he did not want to end. His heart fluttered, and his tail flapped about. In time, they let go of one another, setting him back down on the ledge where he remembered his gift. He nudged it forward with his nose, sitting behind it, a smile of great pride across his face. His friend laughed, but soon the laughter turned once again to tears. Willa, not knowing what he had done to cause this, was now extremely anxious, awkwardly sitting there with no clue how to proceed. Once his friend wiped away their tears, he and the shiny were picked up and carried into this warm place, showing him around the empty rooms and full boxes, taking him this way and that. Willa thought that at one point, this was definitely a home, but no more. And when he was brought to another window and a large packed cart was waiting outside, he finally understood. They were leaving. Willa did not like that one bit, and it would seem neither did his friend. With his head hung low, he was brought up to a small room at the top of the stairs and placed in a pile of fresh-smelling clothes. Normally, Willa would pounce around in such a fine nest of smells, but his heart would allow no such activity to take place. Him and his friends stayed up most of the night, just being with each other, comforting the other as the tide of emotions ebbed and flowed. In the end, Willa watched them fall fast asleep, but as hard as he tried, he could not. He had thinking to do. With his friend leaving, could he enjoy his dark and moody cave? It was a fine cave, one of the best. His stream brought him food on the daily, and his neighbor, well, quite annoying, was a good neighbor. From his pile, he saw the golden shiny resting beside his friend. Would it bring him joy? Any sort of spark? He hoped so, but doubted it. This friend had shown him so much more than he thought there was in the world. And if they were leaving, would he see that again? Would he see them again? Well, there seems to be only one choice in front of him. To stay or go. In the morning, his friend woke to Willa bouncing up and down on their chest with a contagious energy. They woke with a smile. How could you not at the sight? Willa grabbed onto their finger and with his wings moving at full speed, tried to pull them from the bed. Obviously, he was not strong enough to achieve this goal, but they rose and followed the small dragon on their finger. Willa led them down the stairs, through the house and out the back door. Soon they approached the laden cart outside. When they were closer, Willa floated down to land on one of the packed boxes, stomping the top and circling this new spot. And once he was comfortable, laid down, perking his head up to his friend and nuzzling it back down into his arms. His friend looked confused, but only for a moment, seeming to understand what was taking place. And when that realization struck home, they leapt into the air with delight, sweeping Willa up and dancing around the back garden. The rest of the morning was spent with the final packing, 
Willa helped where he could, but mainly rested on their shoulder and watched. He was soon introduced to two others who were much, much taller than his friend. And at first he was skittish, but when one of them gave him a nice, juicy slice of bacon to eat, that feeling passed. When the cart was ready to go, he and his friend sat on the back end, a good spot to watch the world go by. And when they drove by the bridge, he saw Madam Frog bounce into view, waving from the wooden beams that the cart continued onward. She was going to take his cave, wasn't she? Oh well. He had found a new home, fit for any dragon. And Willa might not be your standard dragon in the grand scheme of things. He had no collection, hoard, or wondrous assemblage. But what he did have, he wouldn't trade for anything in the darkest deeps or highest peaks. He knew he had made the right choice. You don't find this every day. And when you do, you hold on to it. That story wasn't really about the coin at all, now was it? Huh. Willa was right. You find something like that, you hold on to it. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about this story. <laughs> what do you mean I followed you? I left the window open one night when I came down in the morning. There you are, eating my breakfast. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, little one. The music box is trying to sleep. Well, I don't know if it sleeps or not, but we should still respect it. They are our friend, after all. Of course. I look forward to our next adventure. Quiet! Get upstairs now! <laughs> yes, of course I'd follow you or bring you with me wherever I go. It would be very lonely without you. What do you mean that was a bad? Thank you for listening to the Golden Horde. The Loremaster and the Owl Nix were played by Nicholas Ewan. Willa the Dragon was played by Willa the Dragon. And Madam Frog was played by Madam Frog. The story was written, directed, and edited by Garrett Cluett and brought to you by Vox Storia. Nix and I. Oh, yes, and the music box. <laughs> Can't forget about you either. All look forward to sharing more stories with you. If you have a second, please leave a review. It helps us out. Where wondrous stories are told, marvelous adventures begin to unfold. Until next time. Woo-hoo! <laughs>